Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio and ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Kenny taking care of us behind the glass. And he was jamming to Jingle Bells. He was, he was feeling it. I've never seen somebody dance like that to Jingle Bells. Oh, man, that was my stuff right there, man. It is your stuff, man. I love man. it. That's the spirit. That's the Christmas spirit. That is a Christmas spirit. And speaking of the Christmas spirit, not really, uh, <laughs> 24 hours till Spider-Man comes out. That is so Christmassy. But to be in the Christmas spirit is don't ruin something for other people. That's he's, the Christmas spirit. I wish y'all could no see spoilers. him. He's kind of pointing at me because yeah. I had to Google. What, I Googled what is so important about this Spider-Man movie because the last one I saw was the Tobey Maguire one. And Justin, his eyes started twitching a lot. It really <laughs> he was did. was not happy. It really did. So be in the Christmas spirit. Don't spoil movies for others, folks. That's it's, the spirit. It's going to be intense. Uh, and then just quickly uh, changing gears before we get on, just wanting to express our our thoughts and and our well wishes to everyone dealing with loss and damage from the tornadoes that came through uh, early Saturday morning through Middle Tennessee, uh, Kentucky, Missouri, uh, and everyone that is dealing with with severe weather in the Midwest tonight uh, as well in Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri, mm-hmm. uh, Kansas. I mean, it's just it's been an awful couple of uh, a weeks with weather and everything. So just our, our best wishes to you to recovery and and to help uh, and. Uh, Obviously, we're with you. We're, we're here to support you all and everything you need. Mayfield, Bowling Green, everywhere in between Carruthersville over there, too. So, it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been rough, and I know that it was a long night, a Friday night, uh, going into Saturday morning. Um, I know I texted a lot of friends and called mm-hmm. a lot of friends that night, and it's, it is a weird feeling to have a city and a whole area be collectively awake at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> this honestly was the first time I was awake. I've typically yeah. slept through everything. And I was, Stop doing that, please. But I, I texted with you. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. it's it's horrifying. It's it terrifying. Is. It was devastating. <clears throat> I, I, one of the silver linings that I see on social media throughout all the devastation is the community's helping people. Right. I saw the story that went viral about a guy who packed up his lawn care truck with right. a grill and hot dogs <laughs> and sausage and food and just went down there and just cooked for people, you know, um, not expecting anything in return, just wanting to give back to people in that moment of just sheer devastation. So, yeah, our hearts go out to everybody. A true, is- yeah, a true sense of community. Mm-hmm. And that, again, that's the Christmas spirit mm-hmm. is being there for other people and sharing in the community when, when people are in need. Uh, and then just more, I mean, so much news has been coming out, hockey-related. I mean, obviously, as most of you know, multiple natural predators in COVID protocol, including Mikhail Grenland, Ryan Johansson, Matt Luff, Michael McCarron, Philip Tomasino, Ben Harper, as well as six members of the, the staff, the traveling party, including head coach John Hines, assistant coaches Dan Lambert, and Todd Richards, and goaltending coach Ben Vanderklok. So Dan Hynote is, one is the loneliest number. <laughs> He's the one left, and he's going to be the bench boss. Last man standing. The game against the Avalanche uh, tomorrow, Thursday, is still on as of now. Uh, Obviously, that can all change. And we will see tomorrow after because it's everyday testing now for for the whole team. See what goes on. The Predators did not practice today. That was that was probably a sign right there that there was probably going to be an announcement once they figured things out after testing uh, took place yesterday to get results today. But. There's multiple. It's it's, and I know you all are so sick of of hearing about this, but it's going around uh, the entire NHL with so many players out. I mean, Calgary, basically the whole team 
is what it seems like. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes have plenty. The Florida Panthers, uh, six players it looks like from the Panthers, but it seems like almost every team in the league is dealing with this. Multiple postponements have happened, and it brings up the question, are the Olympics going to happen? And the, before I even move on to that, Glenn, just remember the Olympics, it is up to the players. This is not a full-on NHL decision. The NHLPA will decide if they are going to go to the Olympics and they have until January 10th, which is a very, very close date <laughs> to the Olympics actually starting. And so obviously every country has backup plans, whether they use AHL players, college players, junior players, whatnot. But it is very curious right now with so many postponements happening and because it's not necessarily players feeling symptoms or being sick or anything like that, but if you do have a positive test over in China, you're going to be quarantined for weeks meaning it's going to take you away from your NHL club, yep. one, being able to play in the Olympics, but also being able to get back to North America to play in the NHL. And this is that's going to be February and into March that you'd be quarantined. If your team's in the playoff run. It's in the, the logistics hunt. of it all. Logistics of everything, yeah. Can you Could imagine being away from your team? nightmare, yep. Yeah, so, so imagine, obviously Alex Ovechkin, I'm sure, wants to play for Team Russia. But you can imagine the Washington Capitals being without Alex Ovechkin for 10 to 12 games when he could be playing. It's not like it's an injury, but missing him when you're in the midst of of a run or the Hurricanes or the Leafs because they have multiple players that will be going. So many teams have multiple players that are going to be going to the Olympics if they so choose to, Mm -hmm. the impact that could have there too. So it is is a big decision to happen by the players, and I know they're having – the PA is having a meeting right now. Yeah, <laughs> tonight, and it's to not just—it's not just a player saying I want to play. Like that's right. not the consideration that has to go into it. Like you were just saying with the logistics. I mean, you can't just. This is a heavy, heavy decision that has to be made. It and is. It, it's it coming is. up fairly soon. <laughs> yeah, because can you imagine being quarantined in China for multiple weeks? Oh gosh, You're nice. going to get taken care of, of course, but it's mm-hmm. more about being away from family. And don't come at me with oh, you can be away from a little bit. You'd be in a foreign country. That you're not used to being away from your family, where the time difference as well does not make Mm -hmm. it easy to communicate. It's not like you're going to be stuck in a time zone that is only two or three hours difference. It's a day difference. Yeah. And then you said, like with your team, if they're advancing on without you and you're not there, it's yeah. It's, it's it's all those things the players have to take into consideration. It's not just go play for your country. It's all those things right there to consider. So yes, I'm sure so many guys would uh, they would jump at the opportunity and totally understand that and maybe it's the guys that don't have families as much that they're still single and understand that and everything too, but it is a huge decision to make uh, to go over there. So it's just it's timing is everything. It would be nice if they could come up with the World Cup of Hockey again and and do it a little bit better <laughs> than previous times because then it's not taking place and distracting from the NHL season. It'd be fantastic to see that, to have some of the best players in the world be able to participate with their, their country but not be distracted from the NHL season or anything of that sort. But I'd still love to see Team North America get together one more time. That'd be pretty cool. Get get those youngsters out there and see what they could do. Uh, but it's, it's going to be brutal too because can you imagine – Connor McDavid not being able to still have a moment with Team Canada. I know most of you listening are probably like, "Go Team USA!" But Connor McDavid is one of the best player in the world. Yeah, right now. Talk about a joy to watch. Right, people I mean. watching the international stage like that of what he could do to other teams and have that moment. I mean, I saw some tweets out there. Sidney Crosby had his golden goal moment against the United States, but for Connor McDavid to have his chance at a moment like that, or, or Austin Matthews to have his chance at a moment uh, for Team USA. So, lots of things. 
that are being discussed there. <laughs> the Nashville Predators obviously had their game against the Calgary Flames postponed. Uh, as of right now, again, the games against Colorado and Chicago, the next two, Thursday and Friday, are still on. But to discuss briefly, wh- what a road trip this Nashville Predators team had, Glenn. I mean, you take your business in Detroit. There's an up-and-coming Detroit team that is playing just way better than they probably should be because they don't have pressure on them. You go to the island and you win against the Islanders. You get a a hearty win in New Jersey after they were just owned in the first period. And then a very good Ranger squad at Madison Square Garden. Charles goes and gets a shutout against the Rangers. Four wins on the road trip, five in a row so far for the Predators. So rolling in to to a small little two-game homestand and everything, too, so much momentum, and it gets kind of halted a little bit, but maybe some time to recover from injuries. But just your take on the team right now and how they're playing, Glenn. I think the biggest takeaway for me is that this is so much fun to watch. This team is so fun. We've seen this team fold under pressure a lot of times. We're not seeing that right now, which makes it super exciting hockey to watch. Um, I've said this repeatedly this season that this team is out there having a good time. They're loving their game. They're loving playing for each other, alongside each other, and it's paying off on the scoreboard. And it's so it's exciting. And you're seeing, I mean, Trennan, Tolvanen, these people. It's just we're we're seeing well-rounded games out of a lot of players we can we continually talk about depth that's all we talk about depth all the time and now we talk about it even more because we're finally seeing the development of that depth we're seeing it pay off and so it's just been an absolute there were I mean we've had moments in seasons in recent past where you (laughs) sit back and you're like oh this is this is rough you know this is tough to watch but this is just fun fun hockey and we've talked before too about the lack of secondary scoring and what happens on this road trip Yakov Trenin just comes in and starts yep. getting some Ellie Tolvanen exactly Ellie Tolvanen I mean just finally the kid coming in getting a couple tip-in goals Tomasino Tomasino Rister and, uh, I mean and, just and a great pass to Roman Yossi yep uh, yep. As well, Tomasino. So you're seeing the secondary scoring come through, and that's if the team's going to be successful, it's going to take that. You can't just have top players, especially Matt Duchesne, battling an upper body injury right now. These uh, the kids step up and are able to put in some goals like that. That's how the team's going to be successful down the road if they can step up and produce, and they have been. I mean, Yakov Trenin is, is a is a tank out there, yeah. uh, big body. But he's also going to pot in some goals. We've seen that. Ellie Tolvin, we've seen how dangerous he can be. And he's going to the right spots as well. And that shows so much awareness when you're able to get tip-in goals the way he has. Mm-hmm. The hockey IQ there, too. To ha- it is incredibly difficult to tip in a shot coming from the point. Like it is, it, we'll, we'll talk to Sam Fleming, who has a little bit more experience than me <laughs> playing <laughs> hockey. A little bit faster speeds uh, than I have. And we'll ask him about that. But... It is incredible. That's an incredibly difficult thing to do. And they practice it a lot. A lot of teams practice. Remember when Brian Boyle was with the squad? And I remember watching a practice before where he was just standing in front of the net and they were taking like snapshots towards his way and just seeing how, what he could do to tip. It takes a lot of coordination to do that. That's why I see so many good multi sport athletes and why multi sport athletes are important to be a professional is the, cord- the hand eye coordination it takes to be a professional athlete, especially when it comes to hockey, baseball, lacrosse, all those types of things too. So it's incredible to see what Ellie Tolvin has been doing because it's, it's, looks like it's more his time and so while the break's a good thing for guys to heal up a little bit and get a little bit of a break 
there's a little bit of momentum that was happening with that road trip. So then now they're going to jump right into a back-to-back and then three games in five days uh, is what they'll have. So it's it's only three days off and five games during that. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be... You hope that the rest helps sustain some momentum and not... Exactly. You, know, you exactly. can hope that because it can go one of two ways. So hopefully oh, that's yeah. the way that it... So, all right. Well, the next two segments, we have a special guest in studio. We have a good friend, Sam Fleming of Penalty Box Radio, but also of Franklin Hockey, the Franklin Hockey Club. And, I mean, he's played some good hockey before as well. We're going to talk some high school hockey. We're going to talk about the Preds. We're going to talk about how GNASH, the Greater Nashville Area Scholastic Hockey Association, how they handled the pandemic as well when it came to different things like this, too, especially with high school students. So just to get some insight there. That's up next. Penalty Box Radio, ESPN, 102.5 The Game. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Kenny. And joining us now, good friend of the show, Sam Fleming. Hey man, how's it going? Been a long time, hasn't it? It it has. I think we've had, what, three men's league championships between us since the last time (laughs) we were on a show? I I uh, think so, wow. And hey, we we just won the regular season last night for the Mighty Drunks, uh, then waiting for the the playoffs in January. Uh, So we'll see, and we're moving up a league. For those of you that may be rolling your eyes, we are moving up a league. We we got that to happen. We we wanted to this season, but we can only do what we're able to do. (laughs) Uh, But but welcome back to the show, Sam. For those of you that don't know, Sam is also a coach with the Franklin Hume Fog BGA team uh, in GNASH, which is the Greater Nashville Area Scholastic Hockey League here in Nashville. And it's it's been a season. I mean, the regular season, the first half of the regular season's wrapped up. Uh, for most teams out there, it looks like there's still a couple that have some games to be played as well. But so far, when we talked to Luke Shankle of Ravenwood last night, and it's good to see a, a new blood in there too. But overall, what's your take been on so far this season for, for Franklin Hockey? You know, I've been really impressed with our team this year. We've got a lot of good um, leaders on this team, senior leaders, and we've also got some new blood as well on our team. Um, we have a fairly new coaching staff. Todd Gross is still at the helm, but a couple guys that I played together with under him, uh, Kyle Bartels, Jack Higgins, and Ethan Houston back behind the bench. So we're a fairly young coaching staff this year, but it's worked out really good because we have that chemistry we fed off of each other when we were playing together. Um, and we still play men's league together, which is fun. So I've been really impressed because it's been progression each year for us. When I came into this program and some of the players like Matt Yurkovich can attest, and this team had one win the p- prior year before I came in and started coaching. And we went straight up to winning the Hind Cup. Um, and then last year we qualified for the Predators Cup in one of those last berths. And then this year, with a couple games to spare, we did get a Predators Cup berth. So the progress has been great to see what Franklin, Hume, Fogg, and BGA have been able to do together. Um, but, you know, we're, we're ready to shock some people and we're ready to go out there and prove, hey, we're here to win this Preds Cup this year. All right. And so because high school hockey is, is different everywhere, just wanted to 
clear some things up of what the difference is between the Pred, the Preds Cup and the Hind Cup and everything too. How it basically deals with the two segments of what they do with the teams here. But if you could just discuss that a little bit too, and so people understand how it works with high school hockey and how it works for fairness as well too, and for for compete level with these teams. Yeah, and G Nash has done different things over the years. When I was playing too for Ensworth, there was three cups. There was a Melnick Cup that was in there that honored uh, Mitchell Melnick, who was a great player in the G Nash area, and we always still think about him. Um, and they've recently gone back to the two system with the Predators Cup and the Heinz Cup. And what they've done this year is the top eight teams in the division will qualify for the Predators Cup. That's considered the upper tier. And then the bottom seven will qualify for the Heinz Cup. And those top eight teams, there'll be a second half of the season uh, where the top team will win the G Nash Cup, which is that regular season championship. So it keeps it fair, but it keeps that competition close. And the best thing, too, to see is it brings a lot more people out. G Nash has gone from a sport not a lot of people knew about high school hockey in Middle Tennessee to now you go to the rinks for some of these rivalries. Like I was at the Father Ryan JP2 game and that looked like a football game with how many people were there packing that <laughs> stands going back and forth at each other. But that that's the stuff we like to see. And, you know, last year we had Chris Mason and Willie Donick. They broadcasted a, a G Nash game. So it shows how much the involvement has gotten better with G Nash. And I think if you've never seen a high school hockey game in Tennessee, you should go out and see one in the second half of the season. And Sam, anybody that's been listening to the show for any length of time knows that I love to, I'm very intrigued by the mental aspect of any sport. Um, And so obviously these teens are developing not only as young hockey players, but just as young men. So what is something that you incorporate into your coaching that's going to serve them beyond just the game? Um, Lessons that they're going to take with them throughout the game, but also throughout their, their adult life? Yeah, and that's and that's a good question because a lot of these guys and girls are now getting ready to be seniors and getting ready to graduate here. So you try to take away, you know, have fun on the ice and enjoy it because some guys this is the last time they'll play hockey. But, you know, be be open to helping one another and connect with each other because you'll have friends to fall back on in the hard times and in the good times even when you split up from going to different colleges and you're not teammates together. And it's all about just, you know, making sure you balance your social life with your work life and your your playing hockey and making sure that you have that good friendship and will remember the times that you played G Nash and feel free to always come back and ask questions because I knew when I played high school, my coaches were always there for me even in college when I had a question for them too so that's the stuff I try to open up to them being a younger guy and having played in G Nash just a couple years ago it's trying to take those experiences that I had and feed them back to them so they can build on them for themselves in the future I absolutely love hearing that and obviously like Justin said we've known you for a very long time so I have to ask you what is the most rewarding thing for you personally working with this youth that's a good question. And um, there's a lot of good things. And and I think it's just seeing them, you know, excited by what they've achieved. You know, we've had games this season where we've had different people behind the bench and we've had to work through adversity. But, you know, seeing how they fought back after a tough game one night and coming back out with high energy, high emotion in a good way, though, and feeding off one another. But just seeing the chemistry some of these kids have built and some of them that weren't as social at first, maybe a little bit shy, have kind of opened up to asking questions, but also being better team players. And I just love seeing them excited about what they've achieved and where they want to go. That's the biggest rewarding thing for me. 
in Sam Fleming. He's a coach with Franklin Hockey, Franklin Humefog BGA, uh, joining us here on Penalty Box Radio. And so just obviously giving you a chance to ch- shout out more of your, your players here too, but two of them tied to 31 points and only 14 games. I mean, Jet Wilson and Matt Yurchevich, that that's pretty impressive to, to be an over two-point-per-game players like that. First of all, it's one of those things that sometimes it gets adjusted once you get into the, the Preds Cup and when you get there, they're facing the competition every time, so sometimes they might rack up some points against certain teams. But the consistency in averaging that many points per game, what is it about their game that you like, and how have they taken that next step? Because, I mean, these are names I'm familiar with seeing because I've seen them for a couple years now as well too. But what is is anything about their game changed going into the season? You know, that, that line is full of guys that have been with this program for a while. You know, Carter Cranford's also on there. I remember we were on the Hind Cup victory uh, radio show with him not too long ago. But that line's chemistry has just really worked well together all year. They've moved the puck extremely well. They know where each other's going to be. Um, and credit to all three of them. And, you know, Maddie and Jet have had a fantastic season and they've played well in every game pretty much. But, you know, focusing away, it's it's more about how all of our lines have combined, our forwards, our defensemen, our goalies. They've all played spectacular this year. We found ourselves in a situation where we have four really solid lines that have really done a great job with chemistry on there. And, you know, our second line of McLean Butters and Quinn Loesch and Brandon Mills, they've really stepped up big for us as well. And then uh, we've got three really solid pairs of defensemen and two really solid goalies. You know, Abby Tanner, she's had to make some big saves and played in some big games for us this season. Uh, but overall, th- these guys, have, it's not a one-man show. It's a, it's a team, and that's what we say. There's no I in team. It's how we work together as a group, and they feed off one another. So that's what I really can appreciate. And just have to, to, to shout out, I mean, Mark Kramer, Ab- Abby Tanner's dad, is a, he's a teammate of mine, so I wanted to shout that out he, he always asks about that he's like, hey, if, we, if we need a backup goaltender I know someone <laughs> <laughs> oh, always always talk about Good that to know people like uh, that so before we have to get to break was has there been was there a signature win in this first half of the season that you can think of or a signature game because I see there's there's that tie with Brentwood which is always good to be competitive against Brentwood which has won the, the championship so many times but is there a game that kind of stands out to you and to how your team performed overall and really came back? Yeah and that Brentwood one was a big one because I think Brentwood's been one of the tougher teams to play they've got some great skaters on there Cal Essamacher I know is one that we always talk about but I, I always have got to go that matchup against JP2 because that Heinz Cup rivalry it's always been an intense game when we play them every year and that that was a pretty signature win scoring late in that game and of course against father ryan that was a tight game and credit to them although the record may not show it they're a very strong hockey team and that team um, has done really well this season we scored in the last seconds to win that one it's hard to pick one but i think that jp2 game really stands out because that's a gritty team that we always face and we always have a good matchup against Excellent. All right. We're going to come back more with Sam. We'll talk a little bit more just about high school hockey here in Middle Tennessee. And we'll go ahead and get to some of those questions that came in over Twitter because we had a bunch. I know it'd be great to get Sam's opinion on those as well. I really want his opinion on one specific question. Uh, All that up next. Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025, The Game. This is Penalty Box Radio. And when I get a chance here, let me clear my throat. Right here, music in the monitors, and I go a little something like this here. 
And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford. Glenn Blackwell. Producer Kenny. Making me just want to let the song keep playing. I know, right? Man. <laughs> Man, that that's one of my songs. I love playing that before like kickoff. Mm-hmm. When I PA football games, oh, it just amps you up. Oh yeah, and then when you when you see players on the sideline dancing, start to move, then you know yeah. you chose a good song. That is that is my cue. I'm like, okay, they like it. We good. All right, still in the studio with us, Sam Fleming, Franklin Hockey. Sam I wanted to touch base on this a little bit too because it was interesting the the rules and all the regulations that Gina had to deal with uh, last season and everything too. Just to have the season go on uh, was interesting too. And we see the things that are going on with with the Predators and with the, the entirety of the NHL. How unique of a season was that like for for your club? And I know Glenn touched on the mental health aspect of things, mental development and development of, of these kids and everything. But how have you seen? what a lot of them went through last year progressed this year and how they're taking advantage of the, hey, there's a little bit of normalcy for how they're playing. Yeah, last year was definitely weird, and we even saw that when we covered some of those travel tournaments. You had games where there was no people allowed in the stands whatsoever, and you know, or minimal people at that, and you know, it just it felt a little weird, but everybody seemed to just play the game of hockey. But and they did a good job, you know, following the protocols, wearing the masks and everything. And you know, whenever something happened, they notified the league or different teams would, and things would move pretty smoothly. And Genash actually went through without pretty much a hindrance. There were some games delayed, but it got done on time. And I give the league a lot of credit for that because you know this season has moved along smoothly, and you've been able to have fans back in the stands and parents back there to watch their kids i know my mom and dad are listening and i couldn't imagine them having to miss a game because one of them was there every game so um but you know parents it's it's been good seeing that sense of normality back in a gene ash uh, game this season the intensity the emotion was still there but i feel it's even more so there when you have a crowd there and you have noise and people watching there's people playing for friends playing for your teammates and it's been good to have that back Absolutely. And, you know, there were challenges that, that a lot of these the, the teenagers, I mean, who were developing had to go through. And, I mean, we've seen plenty of our friends going off to college during a pandemic and dealing with that and you know, moved around and all these different quarantines they've had to deal with and not having a normal first year of school. But these are these are people that are within their developmental stages of life and everything going through this. How have they responded to that? How have you seen the growth of some of these, these uh, players go through, not just necessarily on the ice, but just overall mentally to prepare them for what's to come in life when they had to go through this? Yeah, and I think a lot of them, when I first started coaching, they were, you know, younger, lower classmen. They were the freshmen and the sophomores, so they were still maturing a lot. And now a lot of them are seniors and juniors and have stepped up to be leaders of this team. And it's gone a long way when you have four really good captains that lead, but even guys without a letter on their jersey have been good leaders for the team as well. I've just seen a lot of them really start to mature over time, but also, you know, be better, be better leaders off the ice too. you know, talking to people, being good friends, being supportive of the new freshmen and sophomores that are coming into the team because they were once there too. We were all there in some situations. So, um, you know, mentally, I think they've all gotten a lot stronger because there were times my first year coaching that we had games that didn't go our way and there was some, you know, frustration and we couldn't bounce back quite as quick. But this year we really have done a lot better job when we've had a tougher game. We've just put it behind us and we've been able to bounce back in a big way. 
That's awesome. That's really great to hear, and just the the way that they've been able to progress like that. So, again, Sam Fleming from Franklin Humfog BGA coaching staff there talking with us about high school hockey. But going to switch gears a little bit here. And Glenn, do you remember when we did our junior hockey trip a long time ago? We got to see a player named Sonny Milano play. Mm-hmm. Many moons ago. Many, many. many <laughs> that was in 2012. Yep, right, December was, 2012. Yeah, so that was nine years ago, like right now. Yep. And Sonny Milano, I mean, that was that was when he was still playing junior hockey. Mm-hmm. And he's he's already been in the NHL for a little bit. But he and Trevor Zegras had a ridiculous goal. And it was a, it was a Michigan-style goal. But Zegras popped it over the net and the goalie. And Sonny Milano found it midair, not a high stick. And popped it in to where so many kids have been able to try it. Then the, the question came in from Johnny of why does John Tortorella hate fun? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you've all seen this comments from John Tortorella. But I want to, uh, for, before we even get to that, Sam, wh- what was your impression of this goal? Especially as someone who has played at a decent level in terms of like junior hockey and everything. Your impressions of this goal and how difficult it really was to pull this off so quickly, especially in the NHL. Yeah, you, you don't expect to see that every day. And Trevor Zegras is a special player. Yeah, he is. I mean, I, I got to see him when Nashville played Anaheim. And although he didn't really have the impact on the scoring sheet, he's a dynamic player that if you watch the World Juniors last year, he was a big part of why USA won that gold medal. And to tell you how hard that is, you can go in a practice where you don't have pressure on you and try doing that Michigan move, and it, it's tough because you can't pick that puck up too easily. And when you see a goal like that, your jaw just drops. You, you can't really repeat that. And I know we've seen some incredible highlight reel goals this year. Go back to Connor McDavid, oh, the yeah. one on five. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I think those are two of your goal of the year contenders, although the Milano and Zegers goal is a little bit higher up there. Yeah. But I, I challenge anyone that thinks, oh, that's pretty easy. I, I could do that. Go on the ice and try that because I can't even do it sometimes. <laughs> well, I was going to say, kind of echoing what you said, I mean, that's one of those things where I almost, a move like that, I almost think that you don't even have a split second to, if you even tried if you thought about it for a split second and tried to do it it wouldn't work no. I think it just it's one of those things that it happened so fast your instinct kicked in and you did it like you said if you went to practice and tried that it probably wouldn't happen it's just pretty incredible <laughs> but I think that I don't even think that if somebody went out there and purposely was like oh no. gotta do it it wouldn't turn out that way well, have you seen did any players try it because we've seen highlights of so many people from different levels from little kids to college and everything trying to attempt this in practice has anybody tried it I haven't seen it in high school yet or even in men's league I think in men's league if you did that you get a lot of unhappy people on your back <laughs> at that point um, I haven't seen it yet I mean I've always seen guys in practice try to do the Michigan and stuff but haven't seen the Zegris attempt I've seen the YouTube videos oh yeah but um I'm sure someday you'll see it again I wouldn't be shocked if Trevor Zegris is going to do something else eventually but no doubt but um it's just it's hard to believe that actually happened in a live game so so to address the question from Johnny about why does John Tordell have fun if you haven't seen the comments he's basically just saying that it takes fans away from the game and it makes the NHL lose fans and that it doesn't belong and if you take any players from the 90s trying to attempt that you get your head chopped off and everything well it's not the 90s, John. I think, this, I think everybody since the 90s has been asking, why does John Tortorella hate fun? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, Glenn, what do you – this. 
if you see, especially coming from the fan perspective too, mm-hmm. what does a goal like this do for the game of hockey? It's exciting, but we're <laughs> sitting here talking about it on air right now. It brings excitement. It's a thrill because it's something that you do not see every day. You can watch 50 games and you're not going to see that in 50 games. It's just so it's exciting. It brings it brings people out of their chairs. It brings are you kidding me? People mm-hmm. start talking about it. People go they want to watch the highlight reel. They get excited about the sport because they're like this is incredible. So I mean it brings ex- I mean it's fun. I mean sports should be fun to watch. Exactly. And you want to talk about how old and out of touch of a dinosaur John Tortorella is, is when you say people are going to turn off the game because of that goal. You are full of caca poo poo. Yeah. John Tortorella. If you think people are going to turn off the game of hockey because, <laughs> because they're having of that a goal. fun time watching an awesome, <laughs> incredible, nearly impossible fun. goal. <laughs> they're having fun <laughs> no. there. I can't watch the game That's of just, hockey. Ugh. He, and he's basically he he's compla- the fun out of he's the game. complaining <laughs> that there's finesse and skill. Are you hmm. kidding me? That's what makes it fun and exciting seeing these types of goals, especially when you think about how to grow the how do you grow the game robots. to an audience yeah. that has not experienced hockey before, especially when it's on ESPN now where they're showing more and more hockey. You highlights. want to give them something you fun do to watch. You want to give them something, something exciting fun. to watch. This, and the highlights like this play over and over and over on all these social media channels and everything. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh well, people start talking oh, about it's the on game. ESPN. Okay, I'll turn it on in the background even. And then they pay attention because a big goal like this happens. That's how you grow the game. Like that right there, it, do not put him back in the league. Do not give him another head coaching job. He does not belong. If you are going to, that means like that. If he's saying stuff like this, then he's going to discourage players from trying to do those types of things that are exciting mm-hmm. for a team and everything. The people are talking about the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, <laughs> come on. The Anaheim freaking Ducks. So, I, I, so let me say this. Let me ask Sam, because you've played junior and everything. Were there ever any goals that happened, whether for your team or against your team, that I'm sure upset people, but you're just like, dang, that was, that was a really good goal. All the time. I yeah. mean, you, you can't deny it. And when, when you hear Tortorella say that, I just think about what if you put Tortorella on a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs, coaching that team with oh, Austin God. Matthews and Mitch Marner. <laughs> Are you going to have conversations with those guys saying, you got to simplify your game and play it back to old school hockey? Absolutely not. Because those guys change the game. And same like, put him with McDavid. You know, McDavid and Dreisaitl. Are you going to tell them to change their game? If you're coaching a player, if you're trying to teach a new dog or teach a dog, an old dog, new tricks, you're, you're failing. And that's why John Tortorella is out of the league. There was a funny Instagram post I would oh like to, to point people to from, oh Cam, from Cam Atkinson today. Oh, boy. That he, he said, best caption wins a side jersey. And Zach Wierinski had the top comment and said, when Torts is ripping the boys and forgets to rip you. <laughs> So there, there's something there's right. Little, there's a little right there. There's a little right there. And, you know, John Tortorella, I mean, he, he did a lot of good things in hockey. Your time's over, man. Time's done. You're, you're, you're done. an analyst. You're done. You're done. Uh, anyway, so that, that was one question. I knew we were, we were going to have a discussion on that one, so I wanted to just bring it into this one. Sam, let's bring you back for the last segment for some more questions coming up. We have plenty more discussing just whether there's any new recipes out there, the pledge players we think might come up to play, uh, what's going to happen there with potential for Olympics discussion as well, and then a little bit of follow-up on the charity hockey game that I played in with the National Fire Department uh, last week. So all that up next, Penalty Box here at ESPN 102.5 The Game. Hey, 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 baby, I'm just gonna shake, 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 shake. 
Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Kenny. We're shaking it off. What a little tay-tay. Oh, yeah. I think so, that one was for me. Oh, totally. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Thanks, Kenny. Uh, Sam Fleming still joining us in studio. We have plenty of questions, so let's just jump into them. We'll go first with the one from Scott Wren. Uh, who has the better defense, uh, Nashville Fire Department hockey or the Predators? Um the Predators definitely have a better defense, <laughs> but I will say it is a very fun time and exciting time to play hockey with NFD. The National Fire Department, I played in a charity game for Metro Animal Care and Control uh, with them against the X's, and I will say, Scott wasn't kidding with how <laughs> the energy was for, for all the, the women on the ice there, too, because I was playing as a forward, as a winger for like the first <laughs> time in like three years, and I was gassed because... It was 15-minute periods, oh, and I'm yeah. used to playing 12-minute periods, and then the third period comes around, they make it a 20-minute period. I'm like, <gasps> So how was it playing forward? <laughs> it was fun. I had a couple good opportunities, uh-huh. a couple good chances, a couple plays in the puck and everything, playing with just two lines. Mm-hmm. So I was gassed by the end of the first period, but it was a fun time. It was a lot of fun. You didn't fall, did you? Because we talked about... This no, no, I didn't week. fall. Okay. I didn't That's fall. Great. And like my ankle's still sprained, but it's sprained in the way of up and down, not side to side. So okay. it doesn't bother me with hockey. Yeah. Thank, thankfully, still got a big old bruise on my inner thigh and my knee. Yeah. I don't know how you from, even skated after that, but I don't know either. But and, you did. And it was weird. I tell you what, I tell you what, it was really <laughs> weird that night because it was so humid because it was right before the storms. It was hours before the storms came and it was hot and humid. The humidity, like the dew point was what mm-hmm. you typically see in the summertime here. So I'm like, why am I sweating so much while playing this game? That, that was the reason why, why it was yeah. so humid out. So fun time, uh, great opportunity there with NFT hockey. And folks, if you didn't see, sorry, uh, they gifted me and a two Big Ben jerseys. Oh, um, So during the game, I wore Big Ben's number three. Uh, and they also gave me the white jersey as well for the away jersey. So I, I do have Ugh. both jerseys and everything too. So that was just awesome to be able to represent Big Ben uh, on the on the ice. Like That was fantastic that was cool. of them. Jersey a little tight because I've gained a few pounds. But so just like Ben, had a little <laughs> gut sticking out. Uh, <laughs> he's big for a reason, right, folks? Uh, so let's go to the next question from Mark. Olympics, yay or nay? Let's let's get Sam's opinion. What do you think? Are the players going to choose to go, or you, you think a lot are going to opt out? What do you think? I think it's I, – I do expect we'll see a couple guys go. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what the PA says. Mm-hmm. I've missed it for so long because you missed the 2014 run. and Right. You know, the the miracle on ice, you see all that. And then I think even about the women's game a couple years ago yep. when you're staying up late watching that shootout. But it's going to be interesting because it goes back to that point you two were discussing. Are these teams going to want these guys going over there and risking being out for 10 to 12 games if you're in a push for a playoff spot? I mean, talk about the Preds. Think about like Roman Yossi and UC Saros. Right. Key I mean, players. Key players for them going over there. You can't lose those guys. So I really don't know. I want it to happen, but at the same time, I can see it not happening. So yeah. I'm up in the yeah. air. Yeah. I kind of feel like if it doesn't, I'm more okay with it than I ever would have been just because of the circumstances surrounding the decisions that everybody's having to make. I mean, there's a lot going into every personal decision that comes out of that PA. So I'm okay if it doesn't, to be honest, because it's a we're all living through a very, very odd time right now. And I just say you have to do what's best for you and right. those around you. Um, so, I mean, I'd, you hate to miss it, but at the same time, 
you you want everybody to do what's best for them right you know right but best for them in their careers and everything too you know mm-hmm. eric carlson uh came out too that he's just eh, not feeling like it's it's gonna happen that mm-hmm. it might not be the decision that's best for them yeah okay i'm loving jack woods and his questions that come in every week now related to music which song <laughs> has a better guitar solo so this is like going for length or or short if it's short or long which one you prefer and it's all preference so this is very subjective yeah which is the better guitar solo jane by jefferson starship or Freebird by leonard skinnerd free bird all right <laughs> sam has his yeah okay <laughs> naturally naturally i'd be more drawn to Freebird because i've listened to that more right but when you say better I don't know. Jane by Jefferson Starship. They just kind of get it in and out. It's done. Right. You know, you don't have to like, oh, let's just drag it so, so I did. I made sure, obviously, I've heard these songs plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Freebird is iconic. Exactly. Right. It's iconic. We, we've all heard it. We, we've heard it in movies and films and everything, too, so much. I mean, Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Kingsman. More Kingsman. popular. More yeah. popular. Absolutely. More popular, absolutely. Uh, I will say I totally appreciate Jane by Jefferson Starship because it is also, I want to say iconic, but it's so recognizable. Mm -hmm. And when trying to go with better, it is so subjective. So I'll say Freebird's more iconic, Mm -hmm. but I probably like the Jane one more. Granted, I will jam to the Freebird guitar souls and everything too, but I'm oh, almost yeah. thinking, I don't want to even say in terms of skill because somebody's be like, you don't even know how to play guitar. Da, da, well, da, he da. didn't ask about the complexity of the song. Exactly. The so it, uh, if he would have said which song is more difficult, right? I don't so, even know that I could answer that because I don't play guitar. So it's kind of so. a non-answer. If I had to choose, I'm going to say Jane just to be a little yeah. different too. Yeah. Jefferson so. Starship has one of my favorite songs ever. And what is that? From the movie Mannequin back in the 80s. Oh my God, Mannequin's the movie? <laughs> the, yeah. Um, nothing's going to stop us now. That was when they were Starship, but they're right. still the same, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I was listening to that song this weekend. I was dancing in my kitchen to it. So that's uh, great that Jack brought that. <laughs> hey, Sam, have you seen that movie? Do you even know that movie? Do you know no, Mannequin? No, I don't think I do. <laughs> this guy goes to work as like a window dresser in a department store, and the Mannequin, he's the only one that can see that she has actually comes to life. Nobody else can see it. And now it's like a love romantic comedy. Interesting. There was a mannequin. Speaking of, we were talking about sequels uh, earlier, Justin. <clears throat> that one had a mannequin too, but I never I watched that because oh my God. tragic. But the first one, oh my top notch. <laughs> okay, this one comes from Robert. Any new recipes? Did you ever get that Death Star tree topper? Uh, do the National Admiral stand a chance tomorrow? So a lot of questions right there. Uh, plenty of new recipes. If you didn't see, I just made honey garlic lemon pepper chicken last night. Mm. It was delicious. I found that on TikTok. And he didn't bring any for us, Sam. <laughs> no, I did uh, not. No, it looked good. Should, no. Rude. No, sorry. And then I did not get the Death Star tree topper yet because the sucker's like 130 bucks. A tree topper costs that much? Because it's interactive. What does like it, it do? It makes it plays music and has lights and everything, and you can control it with a remote. Does it play Christmas music? Star then Wars don't Christmas put it on your. Music. Oh, I was about to say, if it's not Christmas music, don't put it on your tree. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have a discussion off air. But I <laughs> did get... mute me. <laughs> but... But I did get one from Etsy, which is a 3D printed uh, Rebel Squadron logo. So, there. Glenn's like, I have no idea what that is. Just nod along. (laughs) Okay, this one comes from, oh, uh, Brandy. I did have a discussion with this, with Brandy at a Predators game that she uh, made this Twitter handle. Well, um, not completely... Okay. Yeah. And then now just have fun with it. And now it has stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> By adding that extra in, so it is something that she has to stick with. But who will the Preds bring up to replace the players that are out? Sam, who would you like to see get calls call ups? Please bring back Rocco Grimaldi. That's that's one 
but I would love to see Igor Afinisiev get a chance to well, play. Sam Fleming. We have got to work on that pronunciation. Yes. <laughs> We've got Igor Afanasyev. Igor Afanasyev. See? Yep. That's that's who I would him. Love, that's who I would want to see. I'd we love just, to see him. We absolutely love him. I, I'd love to, I'd love to see him. Yep. Uh, sorry, yep. I didn't mean to call you out there, bud. But it's no, just, he, he's he's friend of the show. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> he is. He definitely is. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see Afanasyev. Uh, Grimaldi, obviously, with the, his performance in Milwaukee, more than anything else. Not just because I know a lot of people here like him, but he is performing to where he is earning a call up. Um, and I think an emergency basis, you wouldn't have to go. He wouldn't have to go back through waivers potentially. Um, but there's there's plenty of guys that probably could get a chance as well. Matthew Olivier might be one of those guys too. On defense, I don't think they're in a boat where they would need to bring in someone to actually play since Harper is not always a starter. <laughs> Thank goodness. Uh, but you could always do <laughs> Jeremy Davies potentially. There's also the the case for Anthony Richard. Uh, so yeah, there's there's opportunities now. I think it would have been more key players like a Roman Yossi or a Yusuf Saros or something like that. You, things might might change, and still things still could change uh, as we go forth with that. Okay, next question here. Uh, this one's from Kevin. This is a quick one. Uh, does Pekka still watch Yusuf play on TV and send him encouragement? You know, I hope that he watches on TV and just like that's my boy. So proud, I just, proud I just Papa. Hope, I just hope that <laughs> that's happens. That's my boy. That's my boy. Uh, quickly, uh, House Cats asked, how can I blame the most recent outbreak on John Jensen? You just did. I was uh, about to say, it's just that easy. It is absolutely 100% <laughs> uh, that easy. All right. Well, folks, thanks you, thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, for our special guest, Sam Fleming, producer Kenny, and Glenn Vlock, this is Justin Bradford. Thank you so much for listening to Penalty Boxer here on ESPN 1025 The Game.